This is day 99 of our daily Bible reading. We will be reading Psalms chapters 13 through 17. Our Heavenly Father, we know that everything comes from your hand. Our faith, our repentance, our salvation, our resources, our desire for even you, Lord, comes from you. Lord, that we may stick to you like glue and that we would just not want to deviate from you at all. We may be understanding how deeply dependent we are upon you for every breath, for every penny that's in our pocket, for our health, you name it, Lord. Everything is dependent upon you. Why wouldn't we want to trust you? Lord, as we understand that truth more deeply, please guide us into your scriptures and please show us how we can properly glorify you in this. Thank you for this time. Please bless the reading of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart all the day? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes, or I will sleep the sleep of death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him. And my adversaries will rejoice when I am shaken. But I have trusted in your loving kindness. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord, because he has dealt bountifully with me. The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt. They have committed abominable deeds. There is no one who does good. The Lord has looked down from heaven upon the sons of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. They have all turned aside. Together they have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Do all the workers of wickedness not know who eat up my people as they eat bread and do not call upon the Lord? There they are in great dread, for God is with the righteous generation. You would put to shame the counsel of the afflicted, but the Lord is his refuge. Oh, that the salvation of Israel would come out of Zion. When the Lord restores his captive people, Jacob will rejoice. Israel will be glad. O Lord, who may abide in your tent? Who may dwell on your holy hill? He who walks with integrity and works righteousness and speaks truth in his heart. He does not slander with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor nor takes up a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a reprobate is despised, but who honors those who fear the Lord. He swears to his own hurt and does not change. He does not put out his money at interest, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things will never be shaken. Preserve me, O God, 
for I take refuge in you. I said to the Lord, You are my Lord. I have no good besides you. As for the saints who are in the earth, they are the majestic ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who have bartered for another god will be multiplied. I shall not pour out their drink offerings of blood, nor will I take their names upon my lips. The Lord is the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You support my lot. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Indeed, my heritage is beautiful to me. I will bless the Lord who has counseled me. Indeed, my mind instructs me in the night. I have set the Lord continually before me, because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad, and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will dwell securely, for you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to undergo decay. You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand there are pleasures forever. Hear a just cause, O Lord. Give heed to my cry. Give ear to my prayer, which is not from deceitful lips. Let my judgment come forth from your presence. Let your eyes look with equity. You have tried my heart. You have visited me by night. You have tested me, and you find nothing. I have purposed that my mouth will not transgress. As for the deeds of men, by the word of your lips, I have kept from the paths of the violent. My steps have held fast to your paths. My feet have not slipped. I have called upon you, for you will answer me, O God. Incline your ear to me. Hear my speech. Wondrously show your loving kindness, O Savior of those who take refuge at your right hand from those who rise up against them. Keep me as the apple of the eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. From the wicked who despoil me, my deadly enemies who surround me. They have closed their unfeeling heart. With their mouth they speak proudly. They have now surrounded us in our steps. They set their eyes to cast us down to the ground. He is like a lion that is eager to tear, and as a young lion lurking in hiding places. Arise, O Lord, confront him, bring him low. Deliver my soul from the wicked with your sword, from men with your hand, O Lord, from men of the world whose portion is in this life, and whose belly you fill with your treasure. They are satisfied with children and leave their abundance to their babes. As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. I will be satisfied with your likeness when I awake. All right, so we had started chapter 13 today, which was a lament of David. And you can just see the sorrow in this psalm here. Just how long, Lord? 
how long will you forget about me? How long will you not reveal yourself to me? How long will you let me suffer and feel depressed? When are you going to rescue me? But I know, Lord, that at the end of the day, I trust you and you will do something. And even though things are rough right now, I will sing to you because you have dealt bountifully with me. That's very strong language there. To deal bountifully with someone is to be generous, just lavishing with blessings. And I hope we realize that, how much he lavishes us with blessings. We, we don't deserve it by any means, but he does. And so even though we may have hard times in life, and we may have difficulties, we may have, may have people who are against us, which in reality, if we are doing what we're supposed to be doing, which is sharing the gospel, there will be people against us, then we, we have nothing to worry about because we know God is in control. And we know that God will deal bountifully with us despite the hardships. We know what's at the end of the race, and that's what we're striving for. And let that be a reminder for us all. Chapter 14 is a good parallel with some of the stuff that Paul talks about in the book of Romans, especially Romans chapter 1, where it talks about just the folly of men and how all men know that God exists. And yet the fool... Like it says here, the fool has said in his heart that there is no God because they have become corrupt. It's not that they don't know there's a God. What, what does it say in Romans chapter 1? Something to the effect of that his invisible attributes, you know, the creation around us, all these different things he does are so clearly evident that he exists. He puts eternity in our hearts, which he said in Ecclesiastes. We have so much in this world that shows us who God is. And we know, deep down inside, we know that there's a God. Even those that say that they don't believe in God, they do. They really do. If they really examine themselves, they do. But they have chosen to ignore it or to shut it out of their lives. And they have said in their heart, there is no God. And they have elected to do things that are against his standards. And this is something that I'm going to be doing here in the next couple of weeks, is the state of theology today. You know, there's a annual survey that there's a, a few Christian groups do nationwide as to what people believe. And is there a positive or a negative trend on that if people are believing the right things and have proper theology? And it's not looking good. There is a decrease in many things. And one thing is that the understanding that people are born good. Well, the Bible clearly says that there is no one who does good, not even one. We're all corrupt. The Lord looks down from heaven to see if anyone understands and seeks after God, but none of them do. Nobody of their own volition seeks after God. That's why I started my prayer today with the understanding that 
even faith, even the pursuit of righteousness, even all of these things that are pro-God are not from us. We are sinners. We are of a sinful nature. We don't have the ability to seek God. We don't have the desire to seek God in our natural state. It requires the supernatural to intercede in our lives and show us that we need God. When I make my own decisions, I don't run to God. And that's the reality of things. I'm no better than anyone. And I hope that we can be honest with ourselves and realize that we are not good. We are capable of doing good things. But that, isn't that what Jesus said? He's like, if you who are evil know how to give good things to your children, how much more could God do for you since he loves you so much? So just imagining that God is, whether or not we are leaning upon him for dependence, we are dependent upon him. We are not autonomous. We cannot be. Because his very existence requires his intervention. So I hope we understand that. And these people in the world that just want to ruin us or to just live this life, like it says, all they have is this life. They don't have any hope. And that's why the gospel is so important that is shared often. That is why we are here on this earth. That is our mission. We already have our orders from our commanding officer. And we just need to go and follow our orders. That's why we draw breath. That's the only reason why. We still have unfinished business on earth. That's why you're alive right now. So let's do it for the glory of God. Chapter 15 is a good one to remind us here, something that David is showing us. He asks a rhetorical question at the very, very beginning here. He's, he asks, okay, who can come to God? Who may abide at your tent or dwell in your holy hill? Who is allowed to come into your presence, Lord? Well, the answer is the people who show obedience to him, right? Like it says here. They walk in integrity, right? They work righteousness. Not necessarily that works save you, but they are demonstrating their faith through works. They speak truth from the hearts. They don't slander. They don't do evil. They honor the Lord. They honor those who fear the Lord. They swear. He swears to his own hurt and does not change. He doesn't put out his money at interest. You know, we don't offer, we don't try to make a profit off of people who are in need. All of these are fruits of the Spirit. You can see them in there, can't you? Love and joy and peace and patience, kindness. You, know, you, can, you can see all those in here. These are the Old Testament fruits of the Spirit. These are not natural to us. These are gifts of God, just like everything is. Even your faith is a gift from God. Chapter 16 is a song of trust that we can see David giving, that he knows that God is his portion, that he is the reason 
why we live, the reason why we exist, and the things that bring us joy in life. We see what the other people are doing. We don't want to be a part of that, as we see David express here as well. And we see that, like in verse 7, I will bless the Lord who has counseled me. Indeed, my mind instructs me in the night. It's almost as if when we're sleeping or when we're having those sleepless nights, they are opportunities for us to learn. Sometimes God whispers into our minds while we're sleeping and we wake up feeling different, don't we? Where things just feel settled. Where things make more sense, right? We've had the ability to process, right? But sometimes we have those sleepless nights where things are bothering us and we have to face the hard facts, the bitter reality of things. And God sometimes does that in order for us to learn. And then we see a prophecy here, verses 8 through 10, of Jesus Christ. I have set the Lord continually before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. And this is, for you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to undergo decay. Right? So isn't that showing not only David's deliverance from death, right? His understanding and his faith of that, but also showing that Christ will also be resurrected, that he will not be allowed to decay, that Christ will be raised incorruptible. And then we see Psalm chapter 17, where he is making a petition to the Lord for protection from evil people. And he first starts off by justifying himself. You've tried my heart, you've visited me by night, you've tested me, and you have found nothing wrong. I have purpose that my mouth will not transgress. It's that same kind of language like what Job said, right? I have made a covenant with my eyes. Why would I look upon a woman? With that same understanding that I have purposed to not do this. I have made up my mind that I am not going to sin in this way. Do you see it, Lord? Do you see where I have some credentials for your response in my life? You want me to be obedient to you. Look, I'm being obedient to you. Please act on my behalf as my advocate and as my defender. And he does this, doesn't he, in verse 8? Keep me as the apple of the eye. We are the apple of his eye, the thing that is most dear to him. He says this throughout the Old Testament as well, to where like he writes your name on his palms. Not literally, obviously, because he's a spirit, but that understanding that he carries us so much. It's just, when I think about that, and I think about what David just said in a, one of the earlier Psalms, why, Lord, when I think of everything you're doing and why you treat us the way you do, why, Lord? Why do you love us so much? Why do you value us so much when we have no value of our own? It's it just mind-boggling. It really is. He doesn't need us. All we do is cause him misery and pain, and yet he continually protects us, provides for us. It's just, it's just amazing. It's just amazing what he does for us. And may we not take him for granted. And I speak to myself as well, because so often when things get easy, 
where things seem to be lining up just so we so easily abandon the Lord. I'm good now, Lord. Go help somebody else now that needs it, but I'm good right now. We tend to take our foot off the gas at that point, and we don't want to do that. God does that on purpose to see if we're going to respond in such a way. But we know that the Lord is our deliverance. But the Lord will not always respond to our prayers if we are not obedient to him. In fact, he doesn't hear them at all, according to the word. So let's be obedient to the Lord and be reminded that we are the apple of his eye. If we have no value in ourselves or we think we are not valued, the Lord loves us so much. And he's so much so that he died for us. You can't get any more loving than that. May we understand that more deeply today. But that's all I have for today. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan, and we'll see you next time. Take care, and God bless you.